Welcome to Talk Tennis, a podcast created specifically for you, the tennis fanatic. Join us each week as we work to elevate your game both on and off the court. We will deliver fresh episodes to keep you up to date with tennis trends and technologies, as well as exclusive interviews with industry experts, current and former pros, and so much more. Here's your host, Michelle. Welcome to Talk Tennis. Today, you guys, we are talking about one of my absolute favorite things, tennis bags. And I have Jack Oswald, the founder, creator, brilliant man who created the Concha tennis bags with me today. And we're going to talk all about those, but also hear a little bit about his background. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Nice to be here. Of course. And okay. We have to just like kind of give you a better introduction to our listeners. You are, I don't want to say former because I'm pretty sure you're still playing, but you are a player. You've been traveling for tennis your whole life. This is kind of like if anyone were to make a bag, you kind of know the ins and outs of the traveling craziness. You even said you're in Barcelona right now recording this. So give me a quick little like bio on who you are and what makes you tick. Yeah. Um, so I've, I mean, from the tennis side, I've been playing tennis since I was five years old and really just, it just gelled with me from the get go. Um, my dad showed me, um, how to play. He was a, he was a big, he was really into tennis, but, um, never sort of seriously, but I just really got into it and, and hit the ground running really. And, um, so when I was, when I was just little, I started playing a lot and really uh, quite often and, but actually, I actually lived in America, so I should probably explain that. So I was actually born in America to British parents. Uh, so I was playing in the States a lot, actually. I lived in Virginia um, okay. in a real small town called Roanoke, Virginia. So shout out to anyone, about anyone's listening here from Roanoke, Virginia. But it's a um, <laughs> beautiful part of America. It's, you know, Blue Ridge Mountains, really, really nice. And so I grew up there playing tennis. Um, and yeah, so it, was, it, it just started that way, really. I was playing national tournaments around uh, Virginia in America. and um, I had a coach who sort of saw something in me, I guess, I don't know. And he used to take me around with his son, who was also uh, really into tennis and was playing really well, a better level than me, actually. And uh, so that, that's kind of how it started. And I really got the bug that way. And I used to play against his son all the time and just thinking, oh, one day I'll beat him, one day I'll beat him. And this is like eight years old, nine years old, 10 years old. And um, he eventually stopped, actually. And I kept going and <laughs> just kept going and really just didn't mind the the travel, loved the travel really, and just loved playing tournaments. Really was lucky to play some junior events. And when I got to 14, 15, went back over to Europe. So I was playing quite a bit in France and quite a bit in uh, Britain as well. So it's nice to go back to my home country, sort of home country. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I really, I really, really just was able to make the most of it really. And was playing a lot of junior tournaments. And when I got to about 17, 18, started traveling more and started trying to play some pro events and uh, and just kept doing that really and was trying to make my way through the tour. And I sort of really got to know the, the sort of the grinds of the tour as well. You know, it sounds really glamorous when when you when you you know hear about the guys coming through the ranks and the women coming through the ranks and really um making their way. But it's you know it's tough. It's a lot of traveling, you know, not all the places you go to are just so glamorous and so nice and so comfortable sometimes you're dying of heat or sometimes mm-hmm. you know no air conditioning and or you've got um struggling to sleep where you are you know all those sorts of things kind of get to you and so it's it can be difficult out there and and and, and I was traveling a lot traveling on planes traveling buses trains what have you and it really in about three years ago it kind of occurred to me like well I was traveling with a lot of bags for one thing I mean that's just one thing a tennis player never seems to ever 
be able to get rid of constant duffel bags, tennis bags, backpacks, suitcases, just can't seem to get rid of them as a tennis player if you're traveling for tournaments and things. And if you're traveling for leisure as well, it's similar. Just trying to carry your rackets around with you everywhere is, and you know, they're precious and you don't, you don't want, you don't, you don't want to put them in the hold of an airplane and let them go and just say goodbye, you know? Right. So that was kind of um, how it all started really with the idea of bags really. And I saw a lot of other sports like golf where they sort of, all these sort of nice sort of premium bags that were really well made and looked after your stuff. And I was kind of looking at the competition out there and thinking, well, it's bags are kind of secondary. It seems they're kind of a secondary option. You know, if you'll buy the rackets and then it's like, right, I need, need a bag, I guess. And I sort of saw a gap there and I thought, well, for myself, I really was struggling with the bags I had because I was, there was breaking on me, the zips and, uh, you know, maybe something spilled or, or it, was, it was raining a lot where I was and the water got through and, you know, didn't want that wet grips for a match and all sorts of things like that. or just things breaking on me and also very bulky traditional tennis bags. So it was difficult to take them on a plane, difficult to take them on anything really. And they didn't really serve any purpose outside of just taking them to the tennis courts. It was kind of that's where they resided in my it, the way it seemed to me. And so. So I've just really tried to make a better tennis bag for myself. And it kind of really sort of bloomed from there. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I um, talked to a few players here and there, and I've already gotten today, like two texts from players with bag issues. <laughs> and it's the worst, especially when you're on the road and you're like, um, my strap just broke or my bag's so dingy and dirty. It's embarrassing yeah. to carry it on the court. And um, you're right. And something that I've noticed with Concha bags is that you've gotten some attention from people that maybe are not professional tennis players, but they're professional in their world. So we're talking about like professional people in the business world or, you know, like what they do is a very professional thing, but they also love tennis and they're traveling and they want a bag. That's going to be like, I can take my rackets on this business trip. I can go play tennis and I don't have to worry. So when I started to see people kind of like chime in and say like, no one else, no one else has bags like these. These look unique. The style's a little different, something new. And then seeing um other people validify like these work great, like check them out. That's when I was like, okay, I need to know a little bit more. <laughs> Let's kind of start with how long did it take for you to kind of come up with the concept to creation? And like what did that process look like for you? It really, we started in 2018. That's kind of when that's when the idea came um, really to me. And I started working, thinking, well, how can I make this happen? Um, and I was just looking around in my local area and looking at connections and seeing, because I, you know, didn't know anything about bags, if I'm honest. And um, when I very first started, and I think hopefully I know a bit more about them now, certainly. But I think when I started, it was very much sort of uh, just trying to figure out about the industry, textiles in general, understand about fabrics and compositions and densities and all these sorts of things that that most people just don't think about when they when they're buying a bag because because they kind of just hoped that someone else has sort it through but you know I started to think about these things and initial sort of concept ideas but I really um, was very lucky to 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 meet a friend a very good friend of mine now um, who owns a, a bespoke design agency in the UK who's he's worked on some projects for Apple um, with things like that and industrial design sort of thing and um, and also with some bag brands things and so we started just to work together and constantly trying to come up with what we were really looking for and we like the backpack idea because the backpack was more comfortable than wearing you know, your 
holding. That was always something I found was wearing wearing bags over my feet really difficult to carry around. So I wanted the backpack idea, you know, really comfortable. And but then they also want to be able to carry more rackets inside. Want all your rackets fully protected. You're not you want handles sticking out. But then also this idea of really that really started to come in was how do we make it so? Because I mean, what I want out of a bag is not necessarily what this person wants out of a bag. It's not necessarily what this person needs it for. What their you know what their lifestyle is like. So that's where this whole modular concept came up, which is really what sets can't show really I suppose apart from other other brands is the modular side. And that's where um, we can I have different accessories that can be mounted onto the bag and can be customized by each each user to match their sort of daily routine. And and that's where it's really come into with sort of business people and things like that who say, well, yeah, I mean, I want to carry my rackets, but I also want to be able to, you know, take off like our day bag, for example, put it on my shoulder and take it off into work and carry my iPad and my cables and my work stuff around with me and put it back on my racket bag and go to the courts in the evening or something like that. That's where it's really, it's really gelled with a lot of people there. But I think in terms of how it, the, the process it was sort of um, about, we probably went through uh, over a hundred samples. I mean, wow. <laughs> so many, so many samples, um, different fabrics, different, trying the modular concept didn't work several times, well, many, many, many times didn't work. <laughs> Truly trying to figure out how do you make it easy? How do you make it, you know, simple enough for somebody to attach, but also where somebody can't just take it off the back of your bag while you're in the middle of an airport and run off with half of your things. We wanted to make it secure. So that really took a long time. And then the other part of it was actually finding how can we scale this into production? Because there's one thing making iron a little workshop here in the UK, but how do we make this available to people around the world? And so that took us a long time as well and find the right suppliers. Also, we wanted to um, really make sure that what we were doing was was sustainable at the same time. So we we're trying to find fabrics that were you know, that had minimal impact on the environment. And, and that's where really we started to look into what's, what's called blue sign, which is a, which is a sort of a certification that ensures that fabrics have upheld certain standards when they're produced to reduce their impact on the environment and things, because obviously textiles is a huge contributor to, to all of this. So that was really important to us. And we were able to find those after three years, really, or those sort of suppliers. So that's quite a, that was really the process it took. It was kind of designing the bag, which the, the bags and, and all the modularity and all the different accessories and everything, and that took some time. And then it was really trying to find about how do we make this available and, and producible for, for the public. And maybe you can talk me through, I actually have the racket bag with me. Maybe you can talk me through kind of some of the features, what the material's like, and um, what sets your bag apart. Because I, I think it's quite obvious once I have it in hand, it definitely feels different than any bag that I felt. It's um, It has that like light, but still it's going to be super durable material. And then even like I've got the, the day bag with me as well. And the functionality of being able to like pop this on and off and be able to like carry it as a crossbody, especially like when you're traveling in the airport, I think that's so special. I've already told you and geeked out about how I, I'm obsessed with the wet dry bag. I don't even have it here right this second because it's got my dirty gear. <laughs> but like I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we've talked about this before. I'm a sweater and like no joke when you put your sweaty clothes into your like normal backpack or tennis bag, it like seeps through the whole bag. <laughs> like wh why hasn't the uh, tennis world? I feel you. I feel yeah. you. <laughs> so like, it's such a struggle. And like, you're, you literally are like the only one that has like figured out, like, this is a way to keep it from like, it literally won't get anything else wet. <laughs> I think, well, so the, so the fabric itself, we use, we went through several, many different fabrics and the, the, the fabric we've chosen is uh, it's a very high um, density nylon, but it's also 
quite lightweight. It's got a very it's called sort of high tenacity nylon. It's called, and it's got this sort of um, this cross pattern that kind of increases the tenacity of it, and it's also highly water resistant. So uh, that was a big thing as well. We were obviously trying to keep rackets um, free us uh, from the elements and things, so that we kept all of that uh in in the design and wanted to try and make sure that it was really water resistant and then the zips as well we use uh the, the, i think a big thing of cancer the, the, the what we use is, is the actually design processes as we use as well is that the zips are all not sewn in which sewing zips this uh is a breaking point on bags so like this where they're, where they're sewn on but also it's where water can can get in it was water ingress so we bond them in so which means we use a heating pressing method which makes all the zips basically entirely water resistant, making sure the water doesn't get in, but also very, very durable. Because that was what happened to me is that zips were always the part that broke for me. I was you know, over, over stretching the bag and it mm-hmm. broken the zips. That was something I really wanted to fix. And uh, yeah, and then the, uh, the all of the, the fabric is was cut by a laser. It's not cut by cutting machines. It's cut by an actual laser that cuts in a very specific. So every bag is you know absolutely identical to the other one. Um, it keeps our quality control. And it makes sure that we can actually get the design that we're looking for as well, which is really important. Then, of course, the modular the modular design, which we which what we worked on is actually based on the what the um, U.S. Armed Forces use to attach their different accessories when they're tactical gear and things like that. And we, I really liked that because think about that sort of person, you know, need, needs really to have different things all the time, be able to take them on and off easily. But what we wanted something was maybe something slightly more refined, you know, maybe not quite as complicated as a, as a sort of a tactical gear sort of thing and easy enough for somebody, intuitive for somebody to be able to use it and and understand how that works. So that was kind of the idea behind the modular design. And our backpack has that as well. And all the same accessories work with the backpack. Um, and then the wet dry bag, yeah. I mean, I completely, completely get you there. I mean, I'm, I'm a big sweater as well in hot countries and things. And it's just sticking it into the main compartment in your bag. You need wet clothes and things like that is is not fun. So I, you know, you can you can t- you can detach the the wet compartment from the wet dry bag off. It can go in the washing machine with the rest of your stuff. You can t- you can just leave it to dry. Whatever whatever works. But it's um it's a great. It's one of my favorites if I'm honest. And yeah. <laughs> um, something else that's quite obvious to me, and I uh, talk to a lot of people that play tennis. Um, I don't see any logos. And that is a selling point for many people. I hear constantly, oh my gosh, I love that bag, but can you, why is the logo so big? Or uh, do you have one without a logo? So talk to me about your branding uh, method. Yeah, I mean, I think with Kansha, the the design of the bag speaks for itself. And I think you'll see that, you kind of see that with some other brands and not in the tennis space, but some other sort of bag bag brands and things where you can really tell the design from miles away you don't need to know you don't need to see any logos and that really I mean I just felt like when I was traveling on tour you know I mean I fleeted in and out of sponsorships with brands and things like that but it was almost just like the bag was just plastered with massive logos to sort of promote the brand which is fair enough but people aren't always looking for that people aren't looking to be a a walking billboard you know for a brand they kind of you know allows what we wanted with cancer is to be able to basically be able to people to express their own individuality and 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 their own style and so that's why we came up with these with these with these range of colors and we also didn't want logos everywhere and and that was really important and so we've kept the low kept you know branding to a minimum try and keep you know the design really fresh and and new and try and give that our our identifying purpose so to speak and instead of instead of putting logos everywhere that's kind of how we how we do it and of course there are some people that like logos and that's fine but um for us it was really about you know in that's what cancer is about to me is is you know we, we obviously make bags but it's about individual expression um and being able to 
to go out about and do your passions and have that and you know providing tools that allow people to go out and, and and pursue their passions but also be themselves be you know show their individuality and that was that's what I wanted to do through the brand and that's what we've kind of the really strong resonating part of what we do is is being able to um is being able to really provide that to, to customers nice now I have to ask where does the name come from yeah, uh, so um, I speak French and Spanish. I lived, I spent a lot of time in Spain and France and Latin America, and in um, in Mexico, places like that. Cancha is tennis court, so it was part of that. It's part of that, but Cancha also means sort of place of activity. It's used for uh, in, in lots of sports, and and it's also used for somebody who's got Cancha in Spanish. It means they've got a lot of sort of energy and passion, and and they're driven, and they're and they're so really resonated with that because it's you know, and that's where really Cancha comes into the it's it's a tennis brand. We make tennis bags, but also it's about you know finding your your inner passion, finding your inner uh, motivations, and 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 that's what really yeah the main name means to me and 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 to others hopefully as well. And on that note, I have to also ask, I am sure this process probably wasn't the easiest um, moving forward and, you know, even introducing the bags into the market. I know it can be cutthroat and it can be a tough situation. So how many times did you want to quit and how did you kind of like re-navigate on those tough days? (laughs) Yeah, great question. I think the the thing with business is it actually is quite similar to tennis. And I think I learned a lot on the tour with, with, getting constant setbacks you know uh, tennis is a very hard sport to make it professionally in and I had lots of setbacks and did dealt with lots of difficulties and I don't think I would have got anywhere with cancer without my without te- with my my experience in tennis and and I think that's taught me a lot and given me the sort of the the the, the passion and really the drive to keep going um so that's but yeah I mean there's been plenty of times I mean I as a sort of a anecdote I remember we had a sort of a crowdfunding campaign to launch cancer a year and a bit back and we had our sample was our final sample we're supposed to be shooting for this video that we're doing for for the for the crowdfunding shoot and and i i got a call from my designer that it was then 8 a.m starting the video the next morning and at 9 p.m and he was about two hours from me 9 p.m he said it's not ready and and i said oh my gosh we've got a video this in about five hours so i drove over there at 9 8, at 9 p.m got there at about 11 p.m worked on it with him um sewing things you know laser cutting being all these sort of processes we have in our workshop trying to get this sample ready until until 4 a.m and at 4 a.m it was ready and <laughs> i had to drive another three hours to where we were shooting it and i got there at 7 30 a.m started the video at 8 a.m things like that happen all the time um and sometimes it's like you know you get the buzz from it and sometimes you're just like oh why do i do this why why am i doing this i mean <laughs> Maybe, maybe maybe no one's even gonna like the, the bags, you know. So there's always those sort of negative thoughts and positive thoughts, and kind of dealing with those emotions is is a tough part. And I, but I completely synonymize with that because tennis is like that. You've got you know so many points in a match. One one where you're kind of you know thinking, oh my god, what's going on? How did I miss that? How did I do that? And then you've got another one where suddenly you're thinking, oh, I'm actually playing well, and you're trying to manage these just conflicting emotions constantly and stay on the right path. And I think that's what I've just taken on board with cancer is that things won't go my way. Things will go my way. Things won't go, you know, everyone's way. You just have to keep pushing forwards. And that's kind of, um, it's helped me so far. I mean, it is, it is a rocky road and, and we've, I'm, I feel very fortunate that we've, that we've had some, some appraise for among, among customers and that, uh, that people have really enjoyed the bags and, and understand that the, the, the problem we're trying to solve. And I think that's just a fantastic feeling, but they're always setbacks. They're probably, 
I'd say they're probably several every day. Um, and they're also positive things that happen every day. And it's just riding that wave, I guess. Yeah. And I have to give you props because I think what sets you guys apart is that you weren't trying to make another racket bag to like fit in with what is already on the market. You, it definitely kind of sits on its own. It, it looks different. It is different. It's not a monster combi, like huge, like 12 pack, you know, it's literally exactly kind of what I said. It's such a great option for a professional person that like is looking to play tennis, but also has so much other stuff going on in their life. But speaking of professionals, did you have any pro players testing prototypes or working with you or giving you ideas or trying, trying it out? I think that's, that was the first point of call um, really is going to pro players and showing them the bag. And um, I remember I was in a few tournaments in Peru a couple of years back and gave some sort of first early testers, players, good friends of mine. And it was just fantastic to get their opinions and and they really resonated with the brand, but also really were quite critical and gave their, and that's fun. I mean, you have to take, uh, you know, critique strongly and try and improve from it. And that helped us a lot. Uh, and, and also, I think, um, you know, talking about, I mean, no one really wants to bring this COVID pandemic in, but actually that was a step back that really helped us as well, is that we were planning to launch sort of beginning of 2020 and, um, and we're set back from that and actually we're able to really improve our products and, and we had some extra time to give them some further testing among tennis players and who were kind of, you know, sitting around and looking for things to do because they weren't any tournaments on. So they were happy to take it on. So, yeah, I mean, they were tested thoroughly by, by, by pro players and that was always our first point of call, but the bag, like, you know, like you've said is, 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 you know, it's a, it's a, it's a pro level bag for people who, who aren't pros, you know, and, and it's, it's to give, it's to give people that sense of, you know, they, you know, we, they can, they can care for their gear, they can carry their gear and they can, they can find the right um, equipment to help them play, but they don't have to be top hundred in the world for that. And, uh, and that really, I really like that because, you know, people can, can start, start tennis at any stage in their life and they can take it seriously at any stage in their life and they can enjoy it at any stage in their life. And, and sort of we're help here to help them on from that on that journey. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also have to give you props. Your website is beautiful. And I think it's like so nice compared to some other websites that I've seen or people trying to launch gear. Do you like, first of all, where, where do you get all your like business savviness? And do you use your friends <laughs> and um, colleagues as models or are you using <laughs> just because I think it feels like it's very like personable, like all the, sh- the shots on there, like they look like tennis players. So I really... I have to give you props. I appreciate that. Well, I think the first thing I did was not put me on the photos. I think that was a good, that was the best thing I ever did is not put me on the photos. That helped. Um, and I think uh, in terms of sort of business thing, you know, knowledge, and I was very lucky that my dad, um, when I lived in America, the reason we moved out there is my dad uh, ran a manufacturing business in in Virginia for about 15 years. And I, I never appreciated it when I was, when I was little, it just sound like work and boring work at that uh but and I but now I, I tell him every day how I wish that I he was still doing this because I'm passionate about business and creating sort of in, um bringing interesting products into the market and things now but I think he helped me a lot along the journey I've he's been my absolute you know biggest coach and and supporter and advisor throughout the whole thing and I've always been able to go back to him and say look you know I don't know what to do I'm really stuck I'm really stuck I, you know I feel like whenever I go, it's not right. And he's, he just set me through the stages and, you know, actually, you know, things came out through the bright side. And I think that's really, he's been a huge, huge help for me and my idol. My dad is definitely my idol in, 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 in many ways, but I think that's been hugely helpful. Um, 
I think learning along the way, I th- that's the biggest thing. I wouldn't, uh, people think that you need, you know, an MBA and whatever to run a bit. You don't. What you need to be able to do is to, is to be genuine and to understand where you are and understand where you need to be and just keep, keep chugging along that path because you will learn. I mean, uh, 90% of what I learn has been just by through doing it and being, coming across problems and having to find a way and you know the the great thing about the internet as well is that you know everything is is out there at your disposal you can you can really you can really stack up on knowledge quite quickly which is which is just fantastic i think i've had a lot of help along the way with with met the right people who you know whether it's to do with digital marketing whether it's to do with websites whether it's to do with design whether it's to do with previous experience huge amounts of support and help and luck have come into things but I think, yeah, just sticking along your path and not comparing yourself to other people because they're, you know, I've I've always very often in tennis been put across the prodigy and, you know, seeing someone across the net who's four years younger than you, who's 300 places higher in the rankings than you. And, you know, that happens all the time. And you have to just say, you know what, that's where they are. This is where I am. I don't care. This is what I'm doing. And, you, and the same with business is that you say that, you know, this is, this is the path we're going along, whether it takes us a long time, whether, it, whether this, something happens quickly. This is just our unique path. And I think that's what's helped hugely is with that. Yeah, I love that. That makes sense. <laughs> what's next? I I feel like um, I'm sure and I hate to like be like, okay, now on to the next project. But I can only imagine that you have some things in the works. Um, I would assume that maybe we'll see more bags, bigger bags, duffel bags. I don't know. It, can you speak to any new projects you might be working on? Yeah, we've got we've got um, an interesting. We've got a, a bigger racket bag coming out, which fits sort of six to eight rackets inside. So for a bit, maybe a bit more of a less sort of a, um, a seasoned player who needs to carry more of their gear. Same modular system, steps all the same accessories, but um, yeah, just a bit of a a bit more volume, a bit more um, space, but same same sort of minimal aesthetic, so that you know it's easier to travel with, adaptable to each person's needs. So that's going to be coming out probably September time. Um, in production at the moment, but yeah, in September time, that'll be exciting. And in terms of where else, I think um, wherever we see that we can make an impact, you know, we could, as a, you know, prime, tennis is our primary um, market and what we're, what we're really trying to uh, innovate for. And I think there's lots of ways to innovate. Um, you know, we could, you know, it's, it's possible to go into things like rackets and things like that, but I wouldn't do that until I felt like we could really do something different um, and really I could you know hand in my heart say that if I could really feel like we could actually uh, compete against in, in, a, in a in a in a product sense um, against you know some of the big big guns in the market then it might be something we want to get into I think um, there are there's some other uh, things in the works as well but I think yeah I think we're, we we want to keep bringing out more more bags to, that can be adaptable for more different types of tennis players and types of users travelers and also, yeah, maybe try and see what else we can innovate in the tennis market. It's always fun when you get like those samples and I don't know how you are, but like you can't wait to use it. Or <laughs> You're like, I'm going on this trip. Yeah. I might need to get a bag created for this, <laughs> this reason. Um, so I'm sure it's been fun yeah. also test. I know you said you've been through like hundreds of samples. That's probably a, like 50 more than you need, but <laughs> um, it's probably fun for you also to kind of like pack up the new, new version and give it a test, I would assume. Absolutely, it's, it's one of the best things ever when it arrives, um, and it, you get. And I'm because I'm always the first one, so it's yeah. just brilliant. I always feel like I'm. I mean, like I always feel like I'm one of these. I, mean, I suppose I feel a little bit like you do every day. I suppose, at least, but not, <laughs> but not quite as often. But I just when that, when a new 
when your bag comes and um and yeah it just feels really cool to be able to I mean, and I'm and I'm on to our design or or the factory, and you know, straight away, you know, with ideas and trying to think. Well, I, you know, I like this, I like this, and then, and yeah, and then first thing is giving it to the next person and seeing what they think, and that's always fun. It is always fun. Yeah, I mean, I've getting doing well, knowing what to do with them after is always difficult. I mean, I think <laughs> I've I've I always go back to my parents. Do you do you want one? No, no. I honestly, I think we've got enough now. No, no. I think you, I think you honestly would like one. You know, that sort of th- that sort of conversation happens yeah. quite often holidays um, but yeah no I, I thoroughly enjoy it yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I always joke I'm like I could probably take a different bag you know like for each trip but then it's like oh do you like this bag I know you need a duffel <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I know the feeling what's going on with your tennis <laughs> yeah um so I mean up until now I think I think up and up before before sort of pandemic and all that sort of thing I was traveling frequently Cancha wasn't as time consuming as it is as it is now um and and then of course during the pandemic I was fully on with Cancha I was still able to practice but and, and train and things which I was very lucky to be able to do but I wasn't really able to play many tournaments so I mean the some of the pr- very high pro level events were still going on but not the sort of lower level futures challenges circuit that was kind of stopped for most of 2020 so I wasn't playing that much I did get I, from 2021 back into it and was competing quite a bit and was still playing quite a you know a bit but it's getting it's getting more difficult if I'm honest and um, I'm quite enjoying sort of taking a back seat now um, and sort of actually uh, really I mean I'm, I'm interested in, in other areas in tennis as well and I really really passionate about trying to make the tour more um more you know more feasible for for more players because there are some what I've certainly seen out there is there's huge amounts of talent out there and I mean also from the perspective of the spectators you know at the level at the futures and challenges event is still fantastic to watch and if we could get more fans watching that um, just like they do in other sports you know a lower level professional tennis is still great to watch so I'm you know, really, really want to get into that and try to find ways to make it more, more uh, feasible for, for fans to come and visit and watch more of those sort of lower level um, pros play and make it more financially viable for those players. Because at the moment it is, it is, it is difficult and the level is very high and it's getting, it gets very hard to come, com, you know, to compete and to travel week in, week out. And financially it's very difficult for players. So I, I you know, I think it's something I really quite would like to get into as well is trying to help make that more more of a thing and make tennis more available for for players who maybe haven't got the funds to travel week in week out every every week of the year i love that and i know you're not alone in that there's a lot of players trying to push for that (laughs) so i yeah keep being resilient because i 100 percent agree and even with our listeners i'm like okay yes there's a 500 or you know a wta 500 but like this 50k ITF is also insanely awesome to watch and you're going to see so many good players. So keep pushing, please. Yeah. (laughs) So I thought it would be fun to end this episode with, yeah. Um, I thought it would be fun to end this episode with you giving us something unique or like five must-haves for your tennis bag. I think, I think five must-haves are are probably pretty standard across, but I think I have (laughs) I definitely have something something unique which I which I take around with me everywhere, and that's um, one of my dad's books. What? And this sounds a bit crazy. So I mean, the five I think the five must haves have got to be yeah I think five must haves have got to be my my grips, spare clothes. I have to take several 
uh, match uh, match tops around with me, even though I have ever, only ever wear one for a match. Just just superstition. If I don't have several different you know shirts to wear, then for some reason I feel like when I get into a match that I'm going to oversweat or something. <laughs> who knows? But um, those are sort of fairly standard ones. But I think uh, my my dad's uh, my dad's an author and um, he's uh, he's well he's started late. Well, I mean he he's been writing, but he published late and. Um, and it's it's kind of a comfort thing knowing that his his book is in my is in my tennis bag wherever I go, and it's a it's a silly thing, but it's uh, it really gives me some sort of extra motivation, gives me some whenever I'm traveling around the world, it kind of gives me a piece of home as well, which is nice. So uh, that's my little unique unique thing I have to take around with me. That's awesome! I love that. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I loved hearing the story about your dad, and it's also very fun to hear how you've kind of come full circle. <laughs> Um, growing up with his background. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. I yeah, love it. Yeah. Aside from Tennis Warehouse, how can people grab a concha bag and where can they follow you? Yes. Well, so they can, de- I mean, they definitely find them on Tennis Warehouse now, but uh, we're also available on our site, canchabags.com. We're available on Amazon as well in the US and the UK. Um, but yeah, through our site would be fantastic. And uh, where you can find us, our handle is at Cancha Bags, so C-A-N-C-H-A Bags, on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, what's the other one? Um, are there, TikTok? Lots of, we're on all of them. TikTok, <laughs> like, that's the one. Yeah, we're on TikTok oh, as well. Don't worry, wow. we've got a few videos on TikTok as well. So give us a follow. Yeah. Nice. Um, recently, but yeah, we're, we're, we've joined the TikTok, the TikTok trend. So um, yeah, so we're just uh, same handle at Cancha Bags. You can find us there. Um, we do a few giveaways occasionally and um yeah it'd be great to and and yeah great i'm also we're also occasionally on clubhouse talking so uh everyone's join the conversation so yeah yeah good shout out on clubhouse and if anyone who doesn't know what that is uh download the app and come check us out i will be on there i'm on there most wednesday evenings in california so it's a fun little place. That's kind of how we connected. And um, yeah, I love the story of your bags and I continue to, I'm going to be excited to see it continue to grow. And um, yeah, anything else? Any last words? No, just thank you so much for having me on here. Um, and um, I've just one thing to say is I've, I was, uh, you know, from a, when I was lived in America, six, seven years old, I was tuning into tennis warehouse play tests of, of, uh, uh, by Chris Edwards, I think he was doing them a <laughs> yeah. lot when I was when I was little. Um, but of, of all the different rackets, you know, string it, I most of my tennis education on gear came from Tennis Warehouse. I have to say, oh so gosh. it's um, it's a, it's fantastic. It's a, I can't tell you how fantastic it is to to be available on Tennis Warehouse, to be talking with you, and and um, I I'm a big supporter of everything Tennis Warehouse does. I think they've they've really uh, you know turned the tennis retail side on its head. Not not from I think just from the, the content they produce they. For people out there looking to learn more, the shoes, the clothing, I think it's just brilliant. So I wanted to say that before I left because it's been a massive inspiration for me um, when I was younger and I'm sure so many other players out there as well. I appreciate hearing that. And I will pass on the words um, of kindness. I, ha- I have a small antidote. I was up in San Jose for that WTA tournament and people were saying similar stuff. And it's just, it's really cool to hear those stories. And um, yeah. You never get tired of hearing how you help someone play more tennis or play, have fun on the tennis court. And I'm and now you've got the same thing. You're, you're providing players with an awesome option to carry their gear. So <laughs> thanks awesome. very much. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining Jack. I really appreciate this. We are going to link all your products in the show notes and as well as your website 
and your handles for everything. And if anyone has any further questions about Concha bags or anything tennis related, feel free to reach us at podcast at tenniswarehouse.com. And happy heading. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you download your episodes. And be sure to visit our websites for all of the tennis deals at tenniswarehouse.com, tenniswarehouseeurope.com, and tennisonly.com.au. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, happy hitting.